0: We run this multi-seven-figure business, and for the most part, I do all the writing in the business, and there are days where I think I must be insane.
1: Welcome to You Should Write a Book About That. My name is Kim O'Hara. I'm an intuitive book coach at A Story Inside, and I'm interviewing fascinating people from all walks of life who have a story to tell. Do they have a book in them? Stick around and find out. Kendall Summerhawk was my first and most pivotal business and money coach. She literally from the stage at her last live event five years ago said to me, be a book coach. And I did. I never look back. She has consistently made double seven figures with her certified business coach training systems, including money marketing and soul. And her programs actually help people launch their own coaching businesses and make money. I mean, who doesn't want to make money? Welcome to the show, Kendall. It's extremely empowering to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So people come to your community every day. They have no clue what coaching is and they're looking for guidance. What do you see as the first hurdles to tackle with people who want to be coaches?
0: I think the first hurdle is really believing that you can do it as you know, you know you haven't coached before but you want to be a coach. And so how can you do that? You know, it can seem like chicken and the egg. But what I often say, it's like a doctor who says, I want to be a doctor, but I don't know how to do it. So I'm not going to, I'm going to give up on my dream. And you can't do that. You have to get training. I mean, that's really the first hurdle is to get training so that you have that confidence to go forward and coach.
1: And it's that one step at a time, right? It's 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 like you can't know everything tomorrow just because you made the decision, oh, I want to be a coach. There's actually a system and a navigation. And from what I've seen with you now, you are helping a tremendous amount of people through your Facebook group, Tribe of Courageous Coaches. And what made my jaw drop was you said every launch you do in Facebook is a multi-six-figure launch. How did you know that model was going to work for you?
0: Um, <laughs> I didn't, exactly. I didn't know it was going to work for me. And that's okay. It's it's okay not to know. Uh, but I, what I did really was apply the workshop model, like you've attended my live events in the past, in years past, and really, you know, like applied that, To online. And that really, really was very successful. And I think the thing that everybody has to understand, especially when you're starting a brand new business, now for me, this was not a brand new business, but it was a new way of marketing, was that you start with where you start. You know, you start with where you start and you learn and you say, okay, I'm going to do it differently this way or that way next time. Here's what I'll do less of. Here's what I'll do differently. Here's what I'll do more of. And you keep doing it over and over and over. I watched a bunch
1: of those videos um, on your uh on your Facebook page, and it was wonderful to see you evolving right through the first video up until the most recent video you did. Your background changed a little bit. You were, and what I love about you is you were still forgetting to put your mic on and you're so <laughs> amazingly just real, you know? You're real. And that's what people forget. Like, just because we're coaches and we know how to say, maybe do this, maybe
0: do that, doesn't mean that we're not always
1: still being human, Right.
0: I think it's about connection. I, I laugh about the mic because until I got actually a podcasting mic, which is set up all the time, which was just recently, I would always forget to put the darn mic on. But I, I think it's really about connection, and that's one of my top values in life and in business. And you, we go back to your question of how did I know it was going to succeed. What I do know is that when you can create rapport and trust and with people when you show up consistently. And I think this is one of the biggest mistakes that any business owner makes, and especially in the coaching world, is not showing up consistently. So I made a commitment uh, to show up every single week inside my Facebook group, the Tribe of Courageous Coaches, every single Tuesday. I don't miss. I show up there and deliver good quality content, truly Pay, a paid quality content, you know, in a shortened version, obviously, and and also to always be making a call to action. You know, that's the other thing. Again, it's about consistency, right? You have to be willing to continuously say, hey, come talk to me for this reason. If this is you, come talk to me. If this is you, come talk to me. And, and most coaches don't, don't do that. And for me, that's the easy part. You just keep doing that. And after a while, you really do start to build that no like, and trust factor, but it's really deeper than that, Kim. It's really building the, um, I would say it's back to the trust. It's really trust is number one because people understand you're here for the long haul and they understand you're talking about similar topics over and over again. So they start to really pay attention and it snowballs from there.
1: It does. And, and it, and it, what fascinated me about the videos that you have on your Facebook group. And it's true. Like, I can't tell you how many people, including myself, that started a Facebook group. And I was like, ah, only five people showed up. And then I stopped after like four Tuesdays. And that's not how it works. I mean, that's not how you build. People need to know that you're there, whether you're talking to any one person or not. And sometimes one person would show up and we'd have like the most amazing conversation and it would make my day. But you're no, you know, you're not new to this. You know, you started certifying women in coaching back in, I think it was 2009, from web mm-hmm. projects, right?
0: Right. Our first certification was in June of 2009, and it was certifying that the tie to the website projects was that the material, the, the coaching content and how to coach, that whole system that we started certifying people in 2009, it came, it evolved, it came from several years of me coaching hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women in workshops because I had already been doing workshops prior to that and through me helping people with their website. So I was literally coaching the the content out of them in terms of what, who are your ideal clients, you know, what are your services, what are you charging, tell me about you, and I was, you know, helping them write their website copy for several years and did so many of those projects and really developed that system from, from that. And other people saw me coaching. They said, wow, I want to coach like you coach. And so I, I gave it some thought. It was not an overnight decision because training people, certifying people is a whole different ball game. It's a, a t- entirely different ballgame, and I needed to get my mind wrapped around it. But I knew in my heart of hearts that's what I really wanted to do, and I'm just so grateful I made that decision. I am too, because you help a
1: lot of people, and your content mm-hmm. is is multi layered and wonderful. Where do you start to see people start to breathe in the training? So they they cross that first hump, and they've got they're like, oh, I kind of have a shot at this. A new level of courage. How do you know, you know, that gal, she's got this. What do you see?
0: I see um, for us inside of our certification training, quite truthfully, it's the first week. It's that fast because wow. I, because I know that the main obstacle women, you know, my audience is all women, um We always get one guy coming in, which is always amazing, right? (laughs) He wants to be in the right place. place. He's like, I'm in the right place. Okay. Um, but, but for women, it's always about the confidence factor, right? It's about, again, going back to that thing of, well, how can I coach somebody? You know, we're training them to be money breakthrough business coaches. And they always say, how can I train somebody to do that when I've not yet been successful in my own business? So we already know that. And we know that if we can, um, get them to do certain things their first week that their confidence level they're going to turn a corner and they're going to say oh my gosh I can actually do this. So one of the things we have them do we have we have them go through orientation and prepare themselves a certain way. But one of the things we have them dive into is actually learning how to coach and we have them do their very first practice coaching session in a very particular way, and I always say, you're going to feel like a rock star, and they come back and go, like, they don't believe me at first, and then they come back and go, oh, my God, I feel like a rock star, and I go, I told you, <laughs> you know, so that's, that's what we do is getting them into action, but not just throwing somebody in the deep end. I mean, they have to have some structure and tools, and that's what we give them. Absolutely,
1: and, you know, it's it's sort of akin to, you know, someone writing a book where, I, you know, they come to me with, I don't know, and I don't have this, the, the, the talent or the structure, or I don't know how to write a book. It's like, of course you don't know how to write a book. That's why you're hiring a book coach. And then they write the first chapter and it's a game changer. They're like, Oh, Oh, okay. Now I know what we're going to be doing. And now I know you like to write, you know, on this podcast, I talk about, you should write a book about that. Mm -hmm. And you, I remember you saying you like to write, do you write at all?
0: I write every day in my business. I actually, I mean, we run this multi seven figure business. And for the most part, I do all the writing in the business. And there are days where I think I must be insane. Um, But I love to write. I love the physical action of writing. I love where it takes me. I love, um, I love actually marketing writing because it's about, to me, it's like, okay, how, you know, it's a challenge. How can I create connection and empathy and rapport? With somebody who maybe is, you know, they're brand new, they're not, they're not coaching yet, or they haven't been paid for their coaching, or they tried doing it with some other training and it didn't work out. How can I create empathy and rapport with them and lead and show them where they can be? Because we help people make money. Our coaches make money, a lot of money, and pretty quickly. And so... I, I take it as a challenge. So I write, I write every day. And sometimes my arm hurts from it. <laughs> I have like pitcher's arm, you know, I call it pitcher's arm, writer's arm from the, from the, uh, the mouse and the keyboard, but I actually find it an incredibly rewarding literally and figuratively, um, enriching experience. So I write every day.
1: Now your husband, Richard, who I adore, um, let the cat out of the bag when we chatted that you had written a
0: book way back when, is that true? not only did I write a book, I actually won a book award. And I don't remember what award it was, but the book was published in 2006. It's called Brilliance Unbridled. And it was about, um, I was doing a lot of coaching with the horses, where the coaches are a metaphor for things in people's life. And so they would come to our place and I would do these exercises with the horses. There was no riding involved. So it's like equine assisted um, coaching. And I wrote a book about that and um, and submitted it for an award and it won and won an award. I know that you have
1: many horses and that sort of brings me to my Mm -hmm. next question about I'm going to say it and then I'm going to discount it work-life balance how do you turn off the business get on the horses and where do you see coaches
0: burn themselves out with workaholism? Sure. Um, well, so first of all, let me flip it. I do my horses first. I do them first thing in the morning. And part of that is because I live in Arizona where it's really freaking hot.
1: Um, so yeah.
0: there's six months out of the year where that's just a necessity. But it's it's what grounds me. It gets me going. My best ideas come out, you know, from when I'm outside with my horses. But I'm out there riding and grooming and doing chores. And I absolutely adore it. I love getting so dirty and sweaty and grimy. I love it. <laughs> and then um, and I come inside and I start my workday. And I think in terms. Of, so that's number one. Number two is I also have a I have a set boundary of when I stop, and it's not by the clock every single day, but it pretty much is. And I have a ritual around how I start and end my day, and I stick to it. And and you know if you stick to something long enough, and it doesn't take that long, it becomes a habit. It's just a habit. So you know I stop working at five five thirty, maybe six o'clock, maybe you know I start working at around. It depends. Sometimes it's nine o'clock, ten o'clock. It depends how early I've gotten up. So, um, you know, I'm working at the most eight hours a day. A lot of the days are about six days, uh, six hours. But um, as far as coaches burning out, what I see is they burn out because they don't have boundaries around their time. So they allow clients to have access to them willy nilly at all all days, all mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And I also see them burning out because they they over deliver. They give too many coaching sessions. They The sessions are too long. They put too much into their coaching packages. They don't charge enough so they're not feeling financially rewarded and can't really, yeah, don't have the money to afford to ha- uh, hire house help or help in the business. And that's that's where, and they don't also, they also don't uh, step into uh, leverage quickly enough, which is through coaching programs or coaching groups. Yeah, they, those, that's a, that's a bunch of reasons right there, but it all adds up to burnout, broke, and um unhappy. <laughs> yeah, I have
1: absolutely I have a post it on my wall that says work smarter, not harder. Um, I've never benefited from working harder, although mm-hmm. I was raised with that mentality. If you work really hard, you know, you'll do you'll do great. And I'm like, that didn't that actually didn't work out so well. So in the last five years, I've just been like you said, Leveraging, up leveling, getting coaching, learning systems, getting training. And, you know, this is something to address, you know, coaches need coaches. And I and, and from what I understand, you've worked with Ali Brown, you worked with a couple of different coaches. Is there always someone who knows more?
0: I think that there's, um, you know, it's an interesting question. First of all, yes, uh, except for brief times when I was in between and coaches and looking for the right coach, I always have at least one coach. And for me, at this stage in my life and career, I would say it's not always so much that they know more, it's that they bring more out of me. Mm. You know, when you pay somebody a goodly amount of money, which you know I invest in coaching, and when you pay somebody, it it, it gets my attention. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I just invested a lot of money. I better make use of it. And so, uh, you know, so I really make use of everything that my coaches have to offer. And what I
1: love about that is, is that you've set up a program where people actually don't have to spend gobs and gobs of money and they're given content that you've created, obviously, mm-hmm. with your wonderful mm-hmm. marketing writing and, and, and that you've alluded to. And I've read some of your material. It is, it is very riveting. And you give them materials that are, are really, really brilliant. And I only ask this because I think it's going to benefit people that are listening. Is there anything you've tried that hasn't worked?
0: Whenever something hasn't worked out, it wasn't that the thing itself was like the wrong thing to do or whatever. It was that I didn't have the right energy around it. I wasn't doing it for the right reason. Mm -hmm. So quick example, we gave a workshop, this was a long time ago and you know me, I was giving big events and had lots of people in them. And I remember one time we booked a workshop, and I was doing it because I felt I had to. I was obligated. And I could—I didn't have the right title to workshop. My spirit and energy and motivation were not in alignment, mm-hmm. and it didn't fill. So we had to make some course corrections there. So when I've offered something and it's flopped, it's because I didn't really want to do it I was doing it because of obligation I was doing it because of a should and it always teaches me it's like yeah if I go into it that energy it's not going to work
1: yeah I think we need one of those just maybe hopefully just one of those shoulds and it just feels really bad and then we can course correct and say yeah
0: not going to do that again and from what and i I've think- see. Yeah, just to add really quickly, I'm sorry for interrupting, but just no. really quickly here, I would say that this is not a permission slip to say, oh, I tried this, it doesn't work, it's not meant to be. Because mm. quite truthfully, I think that's BS. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we, I do believe we have to work hard at what we want. I work hard inside of my business. I don't work excessive hours at all. I work a, a, on average 35 hours a week. Sometimes it's 30, sometimes it's 40, on average 35 hours a week. However, the hours I'm working in my business, They are intensive. Now, that's my personality. I like a lot of projects. We have a lot of fire, irons in the fire. I'm growing, you know, all these different things. So it is intensive. And I do believe we need to work hard, meaning we need to apply discipline. We need to apply commitment. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, women especially, they get shut down really fast and they say, well, it's not meant to be. And I'm like, no, this just, you know, for me, my core uh, value, excuse me, my core um, belief in life is where there's a will, there's a way. And so I look at somebody something and I say, okay, well, where do I want to be? You know, I want to be whatever it is. And, and what's my pathway for getting there. And sometimes I have to zig and sometimes I have to zag. It's never a straight line. That's just not the way it is. So well said. And I
1: really appreciate you bringing all your wisdom here with us today. And I feel compelled
0: to get off and go make gobs of money. When women change the planet, you know, when people with good hearts make more money, they do good things with it.
1: Wonderful. Thank you for being here.
0: Oh, loved it. Appreciate it so much. Thank you.
1: You've been listening to You Should Write a Book About That. If you enjoyed our episode, tell a friend to listen, subscribe, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And a big shout out to our listeners on CastBox, where you can leave a comment and I will personally respond.